Hey there, friend. I'm thrilled that you've decided to join me each week here on the podcast as I read through the Inventory Genius book. Now, if you're anything like me, you're going to put these principles into practice so much more quickly if you highlight, underline, and put dates beside each actionable step. So if you haven't grabbed your paper copy of the Inventory Genius book yet, I want to encourage you to head on over to sierrastockland.com and grab your copy. I'm so excited to sign it and drop it in the mail for you. I want you to have that paper copy in front of you as you listen each week to each chapter I read. This way, as things stand out to you, as you have questions, as you have thoughts, and as you decide to take action, you can highlight, underline, and follow along in the paper copy as you listen to me read each chapter. So head on over to sierrastockland.com, grab your copy, I'll sign it, and I'll drop it in the mail. Now back to the podcast. Hey friend, welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast, where we work together here to make you an inventory genius. We talk about profit, we talk about cash flow, and we definitely talk about your paycheck. Because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. Let's go. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast. I am your host, Sierra. And I have a guest here today who actually does have inventory, so I guess she fits, but I'm really excited because I am interviewing my triathlon coach today, Um, and we're going to talk about coaching, what makes a good coach, what makes a good coaching client, and I just am really super pumped for this episode. I actually did my hair. I don't have a triathlon hat on. I'm not wearing a t-shirt. I am like, and my coach Hillary is also dressed up, which, you know, neither of us usually find ourselves looking like this. So we are here and we are ready to chat and I'm so excited to have you, Hillary. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and you do look very extra cute today. I must say. Thank you. I'm, I'm I'm in my festive attire today. I love it. Is, very, yeah. is it a sweater or what is that? It it's is. Yeah, it's a sweater I'm one, from one of my clients. I try to shop. I'm always watching their Instagram feeds and I try to support them. And I saw this come across my feed a couple of weeks ago. So I messaged her and I'm like, do you have my sign? I have to have that. So, it's so cute. I it's love so it. so fun. All right. So um, you're my triathlon coach. Um, I wrote down in my notes here, you're very intense which I'm sure you've heard heard that before, but I feel like most of your clients are pretty intense yeah. too. We tend to be kind of intense people when we do yep. Ironman kind of stuff. Um, I want to know a little bit about you first. Like, tell us who you are other than 63 Ironman you've done. 66. 66. Okay. 66. And some ultra Ironman races, which you did really <laughs> well at. Um, tell us your background. Like, how did you get into this sport? Okay. Um, and I have to apologize up front for my, I, I don't usually sound like a frog, but um, I've been battling something for a week. And I went in the midst of this, I went to support some of our athletes at a big half Ironman race on Sunday. And it was a, such an exciting race. And I screamed my brains out for probably like three hours of it. And so this is, this is my current state. So just know that um, this is, this is the price of the job, but, uh, but yeah, this is, I don't usually sound like this. Um so my background, um, I grew up swim- swimming competitively and did so from the age of eight to the age of 22. I um, was fortunate to swim at the University of Southern California on a swimming scholarship and um, and swim in the Olympic trials uh, in 2000, um, just after I, I, I graduated from college. And there was, that was, you know, the sort of 
natural end of my swimming career. I wasn't good enough to be a professional swimmer or to like make the Olympic team. I was thrilled to be a participant at the trials and support um, some of my best friends and team teammates who did go on to the games in Sydney, but um, that, that was a natural end to my swimming career. And I, you know, my whole life had sort of um, been shaped and revolved around the discipline and constant goal setting, goal setting and chasing of, you know, the swimming. And I knew, I, I knew like, or, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that I needed a next thing, um, for, if for nothing else than my mental health, um, that was, it was just, it was very, very obvious. And so, um, I, before I even had my last race on, which I, well, I believe August 13th, 2000, um, I had, you know, been scouring like race, you know, at the time it was like sort of the internet, sort of like magazines yeah. and like the back page of like trail runner magazine or whatever. And, um, yep. runner's world, like the race calendars and, uh, set my sights on a marathon that December. And I had done like relatively little running to that point, but, um, the swimmers I, typically aren't runners. That's what no. Bella tells me anyway. Yeah. Swimmers don't no. run. Yeah. Not typically. And I had done, you know, call it three miles, three times a week during various stints of my college career, when I would be put in the quote unquote fat group. Um, when you got yeah. put in the fat group, you were, you know, made to run before morning practice. It was this like punishment thing, but I actually loved it. Um, I found it so fun. So I knew I enjoyed it. I wasn't like particularly fast or anything, but I love the feeling that it gave me. And, um, so I set on my sights on this like marathon in December and I remember like the, in the morning after my last race, waking up in Indianapolis, it was like the final days of the Olympic trials and going out and like, I don't know what I, all I know is it felt really, really hot. It was Midwest summer humidity. And I was like, okay, I'm going for my run. And I hadn't run in many months at this time. And um, I was like 30 minutes, I'm going to run 30 minutes today. This is what I'm doing. And it was just like, I knew I had like no time to pause. Like I needed to like start the next thing immediately. And so I remember just like barely surviving a 30 minute run in the summer heat. And that was the beginning. Like I trained for that marathon. I ran side by side with my best friend, crossed the finish line, holding hands. It was also her first marathon. Mm, Wonderful experience. Um, I ran my first 50 miler the next month, as you do. <laughs> as you do, Hillary, <laughs> as you do. And yeah. so uh, when I finished like nine hours of running that 50 miler, my cousin proposed that we do an Ironman that fall. And um, he, he had never done an Ironman. He's nine years older. He was a Navy SEAL. And, but he said, well, he's a badass. And he proposed this. And I was like, you know what? I just ran for nine hours. Like I can for sure do three sports for like, I don't know, 13, 14 hours. How long is going to take me? So yeah. we entered Ironman Florida. We did it together. And so I did my first Ironman at 23, I guess. Um, and... Yeah, that was, that was the beginning, that was the beginning of like a whole career. Basically, um, I spent, um, I was in, I ended up in graduate school at USC and teaching the undergrads there. I was in a doctoral program and I got more, I became, you know, started pursuing triathlon more and more seriously, was really burning the candle at both ends, trying to do this super intense academic program and compete like at the sort of elite end of amateur racing and Ironman. Um, and eventually made a decision like, you know, two and a half years into my PhD program, I exercised my right to take a leave of absence. They gave us two years 
we could we could return at any time in good standing. Um, I said, I'm just gonna take this chance now. I could do academics till I'm 80. I only really have a limited window, like age-wise, probably to pursue professional triathlon. So I got, I got my pro card and um and thought I'm just gonna see what I can do. And I gave myself two years. Like if I'm not able to support myself and have success in two years, I need to come back to this. And I, I loved what I was doing at the university. It was actually a really tough choice to make, but um but that was 2005 and here we are 18 years later, haven't looked back. Um, and, you know, I raced professionally for 10 years um, and coached all through that, but really sort of um, towards the latter years of my racing career built the coaching into kind of what I would call like a proper business with other women working for me and coaching kind of more athletes in the beginning. It was like just a handful. Um, and that was something I never let go of, even when I, you know, didn't need the, you know, this, you know, the extra income or whatever. And I was racing, all, you know, really well and, and a lot and well-sponsored and, but I always, always, always loved coaching. It was always my passion. And, um, so built this into like, I guess a, a real business, um, especially over the latter years of my career in racing. And, um, and here we are today. I, I, I feel very fortunate to, um, to get to do what I love. And it's like, I always feel so funny when I tell my kids that I'm like working. Cause that seems like the wrong word to use for what I do, Yeah, but I don't know what else to call it. Like for them to understand that this, like it's serious and I do need like time to myself, but yep. it still feels really weird to call it a job. Yeah. I remember um, hearing you on, I think it was Haley Chira's podcast, maybe <clears throat> um, right when you started with Bella, my daughter, um, I was like trying to learn all the things about you. And I remember you said you really were intentional about building your coaching career while you were still a pro triathlete so that you could build that following. I was like, that is a smart lady. She's so smart. I need to talk to her about this. <laughs> so you were really intentional, even when you didn't necessarily need it to set yourself up for success when you did want that path. Yeah. Um, tell me about your first coaching client. How did you get your first coaching client? Brandon Del Campo. I remember Brandon Del Campo. I mean, we are still in touch. He's so rad. Um, I actually started coaching. Um, it's so funny to be telling these stories because I haven't thought about this stuff for a long time, but I'm in the midst of teaching a course to other endurance coaches. And so, yep. and a, a number of them are really just getting started, just wanting to get started. And so I had to, I brought myself back to, to how I got started and trying to like to help them and talk about how small we start and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I first left the university and that was, you know, that was my, that was my income. Like I was on a teaching fellowship. I got paid a monthly stipend to teach. Like that was how I supported myself. And, um, so to leave that all, not that it was, you know, it's, you're, you're still very, still, still barely scraping by, but that was, that was a job. And, um, to leave that, I knew I needed, the, the idea in leaving that was to allow more time for training and to purchase triathlon more um, seriously. But um, I knew I needed something to subsidize my income. And I had a fellow pro friend um, who now is a very big name in the coaching business. His name's Matt Dixon. He, he owns Purple, Purple Patch Fitness. Oh yeah. Um, yep. And he and I were training buddies. Uh, he was a pro back in the day as well in LA. We were training buddies and um, he worked at this. He coached through a clinic um, a local clinic there, kind of a PT. It was really kind of ahead of its time. It was like a very niche, like personal training 
physical therapy. Um, they did like blood lactate testing and all that stuff. Um, little clinic and they they offered, you know, one-on-one swimming lessons and triathlon coaching. And he had a job there. So he was like, you got to come here. You can totally teach swimming and I'll teach you how to be a triathlon coach. Yeah. And, um, so that was where I started. So I, I, I was, you know, contracted out through this little boutique training facility in Santa Monica. Um, and that was my first clients came from, and it was still like virtual coaching because you would like, I would meet my clients in person every so often there, but the nature of triathlon coaching is such that you're still prescribing workouts that they're going off and doing on their own. You're not there for their actual workouts. Um, but yeah, I, I worked through that clinic and then later at the end of that year, um, I, like packed all my things up in, in the States and put everything in storage and moved abroad to follow my coach. who was the first like real coach that I had ever hired and moved to Europe. And um, so at that point I took my coaching like on my own and have been like on my own since then. But Brandon Del Campo came to me through phase four. He was a former collegiate runner at UCLA. He was like only a couple of years older than I was. And he wanted to see what he could do in triathlon. And I mean, and I probably only coached him for like, I don't know, a year, year and a half, but like our paths crossed so many times. He became like a very elite age grouper, like racing Kona, probably almost could have gone pro. Um, but we met up that then like, years later when I was racing pro, we met up in like Wanaka, New Zealand. And we were there for the challenge, full distance, full iron distance race there. We spent time together in New Zealand. When I was abroad, he stayed and, and did training camps in Tucson and stayed in my house. Like, I was like, just go put, make yourself at home. Like, we're yeah. just like buddies, like since then, crazy. And so, um, and he hasn't done, I mean, that guy hasn't done a triathlon in, you know, probably 15 years, but, um, but yeah, it was like, and, and I still, another couple that was one of my first, first clients also who are long since retired from triathlon, they're a married couple, first married couple of many that I've coached. And, um, they, you know, they were at our wedding and we still see them when we're in LA and they're just dear, dear friends. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it is really so much more than a, a job. These people are just like, yeah, it becomes so important in my, in my life. And that's, um, I don't think that's necessarily the way that everyone does it, but that's the only way that I know how to do it. And to me is really one of the, the key things in, in making a good coach, I think. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. I, I feel like that's how I I just wrote this down kind of in my journal this morning as I try to do like like quiet time and just think about my business and like, what's my secret sauce. And I feel like for me, that's mine too. Like I I am always, I go to my people and I'm like, how many business coaches go, but there's just something about seeing a person in person, understanding their environment and their own needs and their desires, their individual goals, instead of just, here's a blanket to like how to do it. I mean, you have a framework for how you coach us, but then it's also individualized. So that was my question. Like what makes a good coach? And I don't think it has to be triathlon coach, but I mean, just a good coach, like someone that's going to help someone achieve a goal. What's the components to someone that can do that well? So yeah, this is, this is exactly, these are exactly the things that I spelled out on my first, on our first call with, with this, this course that I'm coaching. And it's, it's, um, I think, I truly think that the, the biggest, the biggest part of the equation and, and this, um, sounds so obvious that I'm going to put it just in a really like, you know, not, not polite way, but I simply giving a shit, like really giving a shit, really, truly yeah. 
And that, um, that sounds like, well, of course, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, we see I mean, the majority of our clients are not hiring coach for the first time. Some of them are, but the majority of our clients are coming to us from somewhere else. Yeah. And so we get, we get so many opportunities to look into people's previous experiences and hear about them. And like, I mean, I, I often get to look at the training programs people were doing. And I bet you're like, what the heck is, what is that? I mean, tr- I mean, truly it's, it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of great coaches out there, but the number of coaches who are clearly a not paying attention, B not, not caring enough, C not caring. I don't know. I don't know why you're in this job, honestly, because it's really not yeah. that lucrative. I mean, it's, you can do well if you really, 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 really work hard, but it's, there are things you can, do, you can make a lot more money doing and probably yes. work a lot less. Um, so it's, it, that's interesting. And so it's just like, what I told the women that I'm working with is, is, is really like, I said to all of them, like all of you guys right now, cause a lot of them are, they're new and they're dealing with imposter syndrome and that kind of thing. And I said, you guys, I can tell you right now that you are all like head and shoulders above probably 50% of the people who call themselves triathlon coaches because you have all invested resources and time to be in this course, to learn how to better your skills. So that right there tells me that you like really care, right? Yeah. You're here to learn. Like I'm not giving them that, like, like people do their USA triathlon, their Ironman so they can get their certification. I'm not offering a certification. Like they are just there to like spend these weeks and hours and a significant amount of money with me to learn things. And so I'm like, you guys right there, like, I I know you guys are going to be great because you really, really care. That's the biggest thing. Um, really, really caring. And, um, and I tell like the way I like to think about it is I want each and every one of our athletes to feel seen, heard, loved, and challenged. And that fourth piece is another, I mean, all those three pieces are pieces that are missing when coaches just don't don't care enough. Right. But, um, that the fourth piece is, is another big thing, um, that I think I, I, when I'm looking at, when I'm writing a plan for an athlete, like every single week of the year, I am looking at like what one little thing, or maybe many things are we doing this week to move the needle Yeah, and what, like, and what that takes for each athlete is, is all over the map. Um, and so that's why you can't just give everybody, you know, that's why everything has to be so individualized. And, you know, um, when we're in the pool, I'm like constantly tweaking. Okay. Now we're going to go hundreds on 155. Now we're going to go on 150. Now we're going to that for each athlete. And like, what can we, how can we push it a little more? Um, whereas we have athletes who come to us and every single swim workout they do is just like rest 20 seconds, do this pace, rest 20 seconds, rest. And I'm like, no, like take the time to figure out your athletes. Like paces and whatever, and assign them to the point where they're like, Ooh, like yesterday, that treadmill workout you did Sierra. I, was I like, did. And I was like, uh... I was like, last week was like really breezy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to up this like two to three notches. Whereas it would have been like one little notch. I'm like that she's ready for like, based on how last week went. And yeah. like, that is a piece that I, I see missing really, really a, a lot is like, uh, which is so odd to me because of me as a coach, like your point is to like make this person better to challenge them because how else do you get better? Right. But yeah. um, I see a lot of, I, I, I don't know. I just see a lot of people out there who are just like assigning exercise routines or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So to me, those yeah. are like the really key pieces. Yeah. Just caring 
And then understanding how to push without breaking someone, you know, like, so you didn't tell me I had to do the whole six miles at eight minute pace. Thank goodness. Cause I would have died. Like I wouldn't have been able to do it probably. Well, maybe I could have maybe, but, but I was like, while I was running, I was like, this is so, oh, I'm at my half mile and I still have to go another quarter. And then I hear you in my head, like, your job like my job this year is to teach you how to feel uncomfortable I was like well I'm feeling uncomfortable yeah you know but you also talk through that with us like here's what we need to work on and it's just all about I don't know I think people are lazy I think a lot of people that call themselves coaches consultants they're just they're lazy they don't want to do the work they just want to make money to have conversations or to to write plans so it's just like it's so I don't know so that's just like so odd to me I know I'm just not wired that way like I know life like what? but I think when we care that's why that's why it's odd because we care and we're like we right. want our people to succeed they came to us for a reason so what makes a good coaching client so a good coaching client is um well quite we, what we what coaches call someone who's coachable um, yeah which is you know, and this is often something that we really have to spell out with new clients, especially ones who came from elsewhere where the coaches don't care like we do. And they kind of would just like mess around with their plans, move things around, kind of like improvise, like, and what we try to train people to, how we try to train people to operate is no, like we want you to be able to follow this plan that we're writing like to the letter. Um, And if there's some reason why you can't like, let us know and let us adjust it for you. So it's someone that, I mean, the, the example that my, um, my, you know, best triathlon coach you always used to give was, you know, if it's like, if, if I tell in his, in his brusque Australian words was, if I tell you to, to eat an SHIT sandwich every day at 11am, you say like, would you like that to be hard or soft? Like, that's it. Like, it's just yeah. like, and, and I, um, that is a good, that's a coachable athlete, right? It's just like, doesn't matter what you're asking. They're just like, the only question they're going to ask is like a specific about like, what, ex- like, how exactly can I execute this perfectly? Like, what exactly do you want this to be perfect? And yeah. um, so that's, that, that is the dream, right? As someone who can just absolutely like, who w- can and will absolutely follow the plan to the letter. Um, and now, you know, part of why we do what we do and people don't just buy a spreadsheet off the internet is because is because life happens illness happens especially in the kind of you know like distances and such that we're pursuing injuries happen niggles happen and so the key is to it's not that we expect our athletes to be robots and just always be able to do schedule as written but it's the communication about eek i mean sierra had that you had this this week oh my gosh my work week is nuts on these days I need to yeah. move this day to this day, this day to this day. And this time of year, this is like a really easy time for us to do that. Good things. Yeah. Things. I knew I'd probably get a yes on that one, but I yeah. also knew I needed yeah. to ask. I would yes. never dare which do it great. You know, without asking, which is great. Yeah. 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 And so it's just, we it's, it's, it's the, we're there to help people adjust when things go awry or life happens. And um, so it's someone who is a great communicator, right? Like I, want it's what helps me so much is um not only someone who's going to do everything they can to execute the plan as written but someone who is going to send me feedback every single workout every day like the i always tell people no such thing as too much information the more info i have 
the more better I can understand what's going on. So I tell my clients, like, I don't just want to hear like, I ran, you know, um, six miles at 10 minute pace. Like it felt easy, whatever, fine. But like, that's a basic workout. But on other days, say maybe when you really struggled and you just say, oh, this workout sucked. I, you know, I missed and I couldn't, I couldn't hit the paces. Um, just felt really crappy. But you, the person leaves out the fact that like, they were up arguing with their spouse till midnight or they have stress at home or they have a kid sick. They were up all night. And now I'm like, okay, this person's also probably getting sick. Things I need to know because yeah. otherwise I think, oh, they they had a couple of workouts. Maybe they're tired from the, from the other workouts I've given them, not from life or not from stress. And so all those other pieces are so important because the training doesn't exist in a vacuum. And I, and I need to understand, in order for me to understand how my training is impacting the athlete, I need to know about all the other external factors in their lives because mm. those are also impacting the training. Yeah. Um, and so I always say like, don't ever worry that your log is too long. More, more info is better. Um, and, and I, I love that. Like the more timely people can give me feedback and the more information they can give me, the better I can help them. And, um, and that also like when I'm getting the day-to-day feedback from my athletes, like some people wait four days and log all their workouts from four days, which is a terrible because if something we started getting sick or whatever, then I, I couldn't jump in and help and yeah. like, like tweak things around four days in you're like, your fate is sealed. You're either sick or you're not, but like, um, that, and I, I just, I feel, um, this is something I was talking about with the coaches I'm working with the other day too. It's like, I really struggle when I'm reading days of feedback. I like to feel like I'm like in the zone with my athlete. Like I like yeah. to think about, be able to think about any one of my athletes today and like know what they're doing. Like I'm like, okay, Alyssa, she's in Vegas right now with her parents. She's, she, she her workouts are in a gym today. So what she's doing, I want to be able to pop anyone into my head and like know where they are and what they're doing. But when I don't hear from someone for like four days at a time, I'm not like in the zone with them. Then I get yeah, my so then it's hard for us as up. coaches to like, yeah, yeah. Just, I just want to be like really like always like. Cause I, this is why I only coach 25 people. Like I, I really, that's an, that's the amount of people that I can really like be in sync with. Um, but if, if the updates are like not complete or they're so sporadic, it's, I, I feel like, I don't feel like I'm in the zone. Yeah. I like to be in the zone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. a good coaching client, I mean, coachable, which we hear, but you explained what that means. They take feedback, they give feedback. Yeah they trust the process. So I want to talk to you about what does that mean? Cause everyone yeah. loves to throw yeah. that out there. Trust the yeah. process. What is trusting the process? Yeah. Mean? Yeah. So that's a great one. And, and I'm glad you like mentioned it. Well, I mean, I guess that was implicit in my first comment about just like eat the shit sandwich at 11 AM every day. No problem. But, um, like, okay. Trust the process means that like really, I mean, it's just, I cannot emphasize this enough. If you're going to take the leap and be and sign on with a coach, you have to just decide that you're going all in and it's just all. And it's not to say that you can't ask questions like, what is the purpose of this workout? Like, I don't mind that. Like if someone's asked me that too much in a challenging way, I'm kind of like, I don't know why you're here, but, but for, for informational purposes, fine, totally fine. Some people like to know, some people don't care. Some people just want to do it, which is great also. Um, so there's, so it's, it's that it's like, if you're going to sign on, you have to decide that like, you are going to trust that person and go all in. You have like, the more you can go all in the better results you're going to have, um, because there are, no matter what you're doing, 
there's kind of like a million different ways to skin the cat. So you've got to choose that. You've got to decide I'm going with this coach. I'm going with this methodology. And again, the methodology of like the methodology is, is somewhat is, you know, is different to a degree for all of my athletes, but I'm trusting this person, right. And their knowledge and, and wisdom, et cetera. Um, and so it's, it's that. And then it's also, especially with what we do, it's committing um, that one of the other things I think when I'm talking to potential new athletes coming to me, um, one thing that will always, always, always be a selling point for me is someone who's coming from a coach they've been with like six years, you know? So it's people who get that. This is like not an overnight thing. This yeah. is um, yeah. for what we do. It's like, I mean, some of my best athletes have been to be for like 10, 11, 12 years. Um because the more time that you spend working with someone, the better you get to know them, the more you can help them. Um, and, and there just really is no replacement for like all of that time um, and that kind of like background. So yeah, that's the other big thing is people who are like not looking to like, oh yeah, I want you to like fix me or like make me a champion like next month or this, even yeah. this year, or people who have an idea of like mm-hmm. that is like, that's a big, and are committed to, and also people who are, are are really committed to the process of the process of learning, the process of growing. And like, of course, everybody has like, it's important to have goals. Absolutely. But like, um, but it's the, it's, it's, it is about for them, the, um, it's not, it's very much not just about that. It's about, they enjoy, they enjoy like kind of like I talked about with myself, like, I needed to have another pursuit after swimming, like, because I know that I need this piece in my life, like this chasing of some kind of athletic goal. So, and it's people like that, that are just, um, they're doing this because they love the process. Um, Yeah. And again, that says nothing about them not being focused or goal oriented, but it's just for them having this thing in their lives is just as an essential like that's that's most yeah. people that I coach are just this is what they do this is like this is a lifestyle this is not like a one-off I'm gonna go to my bucket list race and see you later that's like that I don't I don't some of my coaches that work for me will coach that kind of athlete like because of my limited spots and I would rather much rather work with people that I'm gonna be with for like many years because that's just a better yeah. use of my time yeah yeah well that made me think of like um you know, if someone comes to me, they, they come to me for one of two reasons, either like I'm making lots of sales, but I don't know where the money's going yeah. or I have a lot of debt. Those are the two things. And I'm sure you have certain things people come to you with that you start to hear. And so that made me think, yes, we want to pay off the debt. That's the big goal. Like let's pay off the debt. That would feel so good. But the good clients are the ones that say, but in the process of paying off debt, I want to figure out how I got here in the first place. I want to better my business in other areas. I want to become versus like just pay off the debt, pay off because that doesn't last. Like that's right. really painful to pay off debt. And right. so if we don't have like a bigger purpose, we're going to fizzle out. So that's okay. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that's talk to me about this. This is what I'm kind of trying to, and I've talked to you about this before when we were in Coeur d'Alene and we were just yep. chatting about business stuff. I have this desire to figure out the best mind to coach. Like what makes giving, you could give me a plan. You could give another lady a plan. One of us will succeed. One of us won't. I can do the same framework, you know, I give the same information to people over and over and over. I create the same. Wow. So 
this idea of being, I'm thinking, I'm whittling it down. I think it's committed versus interested. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, there are a lot of people that come to us. I would say less to me, but more to um, some of the women who work for me, but who are interested in the idea of like, they yes. love yeah. the idea of be being an Ironman. They love the idea of being a triathlete. And I, and I told, again, is another thing we talked about in our course, like almost everyone will write the same kind of thing on their intake sheet that I send that, that's like, you know, why do you do this? And it's like, I love to push myself, da, da, da. but actually a lot of people who, what's interesting is a lot of people who, who do this, cause it seems like a really hard thing. Don't love to push themselves. <laughs> they think they do, but they don't really, when it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, and those people actually can be good triathletes because thankfully for Ironman, you have to go at like a steady hard pace all day. So you actually, if you're, if you like to exercise and you exercise a lot and you, and you can commit to a lot of hours, like you could still be pretty good, even if you don't like love to suffer. But, yeah. um, but then there are people who are interested in the idea of being a triathlete and just don't want to put the work in like this. So person A, like, likes, we'll put the work in because it's what they do. They're an exerciser, but yeah. Person B likes the idea of it, doesn't want to put the work in at all. Like you can't yeah. get them to train 10 hours in a week, to save their life. So this is just not going to fly. We have yeah. those two people too. And those people come and go, yeah. Uh, but yeah, commit commitment versus interest. Yes. 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 And I think, yeah. I, I do just, you think I, someone can move from interest to commitment or do you think it's a, I mean, we're getting deep here. Yeah. You know, just because when you, you would look at, like, you've had a lot of clients. I've had a lot of clients. Yep. You've seen a lot of athletes. I've seen a ton of business owners. And you see those that it's like, they just win. They win. What is it in their mind yeah. that makes, and winning might not mean first place. Yeah. Winning could be, they show up every time they complete, they keep progressing, right? Like winning means different things, but it's just, I'm curious, you know, trying to well, figure it all out. Yeah. I think, um. I think the people that have the most, like the people that I see have the most success. Um, and I have a few people in my mind right now, many of whom, you know, they are the people that are like, they do, you know, they, they do everything I ask and they are always thinking ahead to like, okay, like what other things can I be doing in my life to like be better? I mean, literally like, yeah. um, you know, should I be having like zero drinks a week or two? Like things like that, like literally. Yep. And, and, um, and it's funny because I'll have people come to me who ask, want to talk about things like that. Like, and I look at their log and they've completed like 70% of the last week's workouts. And I'm like, whether you have zero drinks or two, or you have your green smoothie at 7am or 10am makes no difference. Like, first of all, yeah. do the work. Second of all, we'll talk about details, yes. but it's actually usually those people who want to like really talk about this stuff, which is so funny. Cause I'm like, this is the least of your problems, but, yeah. uh, but the ones who are really good are the ones who are just always like, who are like, leave no stone unturned and, and are just like, and, and are, and are absolutely like so receptive to feedback are just like, okay, tell me, just, you know, just tell me what I can do to be better. Okay, great. Doing it tomorrow. Like, and they do, they do. I mean, it's, yeah. So they're and, doors, um, action takers, follow 100%. through and, yeah. and are, are willing. Cause I think with what we do, it's like, 
it's like you, a lot of things I'm going to ask people to do. It, it's not just go out and do it. It's, it's rearrange other things in your life so you can do it. And that's like the big piece is because most people that I coach also have families, also have jobs, kids. Um, and so when I'm asking for more from them in terms of like their commitment or their time or whatever, because they're asking me like, what, what's next? What can I, you know, how can I improve X or Y? It's, it's, it's not simple, right? It's not simple at all. It's not just yeah. like, oh, add the thing. Cause to add the thing, they've got to like move this thing. And, you know, and, and it's, there's so many moving parts and they're willing to like do that. Cause yeah, I mean, the, I think that the people who are interested are people who think that you can have it all. And then they, those are the ones that fall away because yeah. they want to like, oh, I want to be an Iron Man. But then they realize what that takes in terms of like all the rest of your life, like everything has to shift. And I don't like to call them sacrifices because it's just choices of how we spend our time, but not everyone's up for that. Yeah. Which is one of the last questions I have for you. Um, I'm interested. So I was talking to a friend of mine who's an amazing cheerleader. She's not an athlete, but amazing woman. And she's always like, see, I can't believe it. I'm so proud of you, all the things. And I told her one day, I said, you know, anyone can do an Ironman. She's like, no, no, nope, they can't. And I said, I actually think that anyone could do one. Yep. And I said, look at, look at the physical limitations you see on the course. Look at the age you see on the course. Look at the demographics. Nope. Nope. She said, I don't. What do you think? Can anyone? No, I agree. I, I, I truly think, I mean, I mean, honestly, 17 hours is like a very, very long time. Um, and I have coached some athletes in my career that, um, I mean, I've started with people that like can't swim across a pool, cannot do 25, like. I coached one of my mom's friends, um, in my early years of coaching and, um, she had lost like 80, hundred pounds, like a ton of weight and, um, was doing those like breast cancer walks. So she was like yep. fit for walking, but, um, could not make it across 25 yard pool. So that's where we were starting. She went on to do, I mean, I don't even know. She probably did eight Ironmans, um, and would, you know, plan to and power walk the entire marathon. This is where some people don't realize like how long 17, 17 hours is yeah. like, you can literally power walk that you, you people say, I don't run. You don't have to run. Yep. Um, and so I, I, I do think like anyone who is willing to like put their mind to it and put in, put in the time, um, not everyone can do an Ironman like this year, but give me like five years and yeah, anyone can do an Ironman. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the key. It's anyone can choose to do it. Yep. You know? So yep. when I first started training for my first Ironman, I was training for five K's. I wanted to get faster and faster at the five K and like never doing a 10 K again. It's the most worst, horrible. And I will never do a half marathon that I did one of those. And I'm like, that's the worst off. I felt <laughs> horrible, you know? So I'm like, never, ever five K it's good. And then, um, decided to do an Ironman partly because I wanted to do it as like proof to my coaching clients that if you set your mind to something yes. you get the right coat like <laughs> part of it was like a teaching thing <laughs> and also I had to I'm like Jim cannot be the only Iron Man in the house like there was a lot of that going on too <laughs> um and so I decided to do it and I I don't know if I ever told you this but my coach at the time was helping with 5k stuff so I texted him like guess what I just did I signed up for an Iron Man and he came back and said what distance okay he's a he knows Yep. You know what he was doing there. And I said, a full iron man. He said, when I'm like in 16 weeks, he goes, I have to have more time than that. And I fired him. I fired him the next morning. 
because I was like, I cannot, I don't know how to do this. Right. And I have to have someone who's like, you're absolutely crazy, but I believe in you. You've got this. We can do it. Yeah. And so I think that's just, you know, going full circle to coaching when you have something you want to complete, you have a goal, you have a dream, you have a problem you want to solve. You have to find a coach that has your back. Like you can't go into a project with a half-assed coach, Yeah, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I don't think I ever told you that story, but I hired my first triathlon coach and I'm like, I'm like, nope. And that was a hard conversation. Like to fight. I'm not very confrontational. Yeah. Like you are not, I'm not paying you a penny. If you're like, what distance? I mean, yeah. No. No. Wrong person for the job. Wrong, Wrong person for the job. job. And I completed my first Ironman. I completed it. And my first coach got me to the finish line, which is exactly what I wanted. So yeah. yeah. I mean, so you good. crushed it. You just came out the gate. Like you, yeah. That's but I did the work. I did not yes. miss any workouts. I'm very proud to say last week on my final surge, everything was green. I like seeing everything green. I can't stand it. So when you give us the workouts where it's more, you don't have a specific thing. So maybe say two to three hours, you know, then if we yeah. do it, it turns yellow. I hate yeah. that about final surge. Cause I'm like, it's not yellow. It should be green. I did the workout. Yeah. So do you know I what's can't. so funny is I could program those things so that you would get your greens and things. And, but the reason I intentionally, when I write people's programs, I don't always fill in like the, the prescribed, like in the little box at the bottom, like, you know, I'll write, I write it in words in your, in your description, but in the bottom, yeah. I can program in like an hour 30 or X amount of miles. Right. So that, that, that yeah. that's what, that's what impacts the green or the yellow. Yeah. And I have never, I don't, I intentionally don't do it consistently. Like one workout, I'll put an hour, one workout, I'll put miles. One more, sometimes I won't put anything because when I have my super data, like obsessed people, oh sure, they get really married to like, I need to do an X number of miles and X number of hours and this and that. And like, that's not how I coach. Like I, I literally can like, just like, like eyeball, like I look at your week in final surge and I'm like, not based on colors, but I just scan every workout and I'm like, okay, the week is complete. I never, I never am adding up. I'm never. I just know, like it's more art than science. I just know how yeah. the week needs to look. And, and I always, I also always train that way. Like I didn't, like, I mean, when I was doing say a focused running block, I'm trying to run hundred miles every week. That was different. Like that was, there was a target in mind, but um, I always just knew my coach gave me this week. I'm going to do all the boxes and it's, that's good because I did yeah. what they asked. I don't know. I so people would always ask me how many hours you train. Like, I have no idea how many hours. Well, I yeah, people are asked me that. Well, how many miles are you running right now? And I was like, I actually have no idea. I right. was like, Hillary right. gives me like three to four days of running. Maybe I don't, I've never looked, I don't know my miles. Yeah. I just, you know, do it. That's really interesting. Yeah. Cause we can't get caught up on the data. Yeah. Yeah. So I intentionally don't do that. Cause like, I don't want it to like populate for them. Like this many miles, this many hours. Cause like it's more so because people freak out that it's not enough, which is like funny because my training, if anything's on that side of like the high side, but um, yeah. So I don't want them to be able to like see that. I mean, they can go add it up themselves, but I don't want it to feed it to them. So that's why it's not like that. Well, I had all green last week. That's how right. it fell. And I was like, it's so pretty. <laughs> Look at that. Funny. Oh my goodness. All right. In closing, we have to talk about Kona. How many yes. times have you been to Kona yourself oh. racing? racing I don't even know isn't that bad I don't even know um I raced twice as an age gripper and I raced three to four times as a pro in the Ironman and I raced the Ultraman which is a world championship like two plus Ironman distances 
over three days. It's a stage race. And that, that circumnavigates the island. I did that twice. Jeez. So yeah, That's why I said you're intense when we started. I'm like intense. So did you like the full or the ultra? What did you like better distance wise? Oh, for, I mean, I, I'm much better suited to the ultra distance. Like that's okay, my jam. So endurance is your jam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was special, but then there's nothing, nothing like the Hawaii Ironman and the energy and, and just the, yeah. I grew up, you know, um, not grew up, but in my college and like post-college years, like I probably still have those VHS tapes somewhere much to my husband's dismay. But I mean, I had like literally every single word of the 2001 Hawaii Ironman broadcast on NBC memorized, like memorized. I watched that thing so many times. So like, I still have those like magical images in my mind and there's just nothing like the Hawaii Ironman for that. I know. Yeah. We watched it. It was really fun. Cause I was going through the airport. This was before, no, this must've been after. Cause I had my Hawaii, some Hawaii gear on. And one of the um, TSA agents was like, wait, wait, and I was like, what did I do? He's like, did you, were you at the, at, in Kona? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, at the one, like that's on TV. And I said, yeah. He's like, I watched that every year. And I'm like, I oh got to gosh. raise it. So that's so much fun. But you had such a successful season this year at Kona because every single one of us athletes of yours finished. Yep. Finished strong. Yep. And I knew quite a few people from this area that went and they all finished, but did not have good days. That's so interesting. And out on the course, it's not interesting because I know how you coach <laughs> and I know how they coach. So it's not interesting to me. <laughs> um, but both Bella and I had phenomenal days. Like yeah. people ask me, how was the day? And I, it was amazing. I said, no, like I'm, it, it hurt and yeah. I did not feel good. I had a whole bout of like, my tummy wasn't settled and things like that. So physically I didn't feel amazing, but mentally I felt just awesome like Bella and I both we loved it like we got to enjoy the day to the fullest um and your athletes all had awesome days and so I just want to applaud you because that's a big deal to have an entire team and it made me think when you made that post about all of us that we finished and we finished strong um to remind people how important it is to not just get a good coach but be to be surrounded with good peers yeah in whatever you're going through um because that makes a big difference. So yeah, sure. tell me how excited, how proud you were of your day in Kona. With so your proud. Team. I mean, we had 19 women like that and everybody, I mean, every, it's, it's wild. It's so unusual to um, have like that ratio. People have a, have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the majority of the women were, you know, 14 of them were first timers on the Island and it's very, very common, especially in that race for your first time there. It is such a unique beast. And, um, it's super common to, to have a really tough time your first day in Hawaii. It's, there's no shame in that. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a really tough thing to do. Um, but we, you know, we, we tried our best to, to, to really ready everyone for what to expect. Um, and we were fortunate to have a number of these women come to Ohio in the thick of summer and do some really gnarly and it's like humidity. and every session we were just like okay this is like this part of Hawaii and everybody I feel like was just between that and um and we you know yeah we just did our best to kind of explain like what this was all going to be like 
Um, and then of course, to assign the, the appropriate, you know, training plans leading up to it, um, that I felt like people were really like ready for the madness. And, uh, and we did have such a, I mean, I, one of the things that I really focus on with our business is our community, because I think we have such a strong community of athletes who come to us because they're not looking for the magic bullet training program. That's, that's not what we sell. Other people do sell that. I don't sell that. So we tend to have like-minded people come to us. Um, and so I I really try to, um, facilitate like any opportunity to get our people together, like in person, virtually, because they all just like feed each other and everybody like gets pushed and gets stronger by being kind of around each other. And I think we saw that in Kona, like, yeah, everybody was out there on the day and like, nobody wanted to be the one who wimped out in the lava fields, like everyone no. was like, do it. Everyone no, Joy was behind me. I know Joy, you're going to be listening to this. And I saw her and I was like, geez, she's going to catch me again. I can't <laughs> let her, but in a good way, like also yeah. oh, Joy, like you've got this, you yep. know, like we're cheering each other on, but we're also not going to be the one left behind. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with that number of women, like you guys were all over the course. And so it was just like, there was no hiding it, be it from me, coach, me, coach Alyssa, like, between the, all the women who are out there racing, like they're everywhere. And so everyone's like just keeping each other honest and on task. And um, it was truly a remarkable day in terms of the level of performances that we saw turned in from our athletes. I mean, I'm not often like terribly surprised. Like I like to think that I know typically like what to expect, but what I know about Kona is it, it there's just at least almost usually at least one person who ends in tears and uh, nobody, I mean, it was just really it was so special. It was so, so yeah. special. Uh, it was just, it was amazing. And to have that the all women's event, I mean, it was just absolutely. I know. Another that's level. So cool. Yeah, yeah. The first time. So that's neat. I know. I think going back to the trusting the process, that's when literally I remember being out on the bike and like thinking, oh yeah, mm-hmm. there's so many times Bella and I were riding on the trace and I was like, oh, do we have to do like we would complain to each other or I was out there alone and you know how your brain talks so I was like okay I could what would she do what would Hillary even do if I was just like I'm done at 80 you know you and you're not going to do it but you're talking to yourself and then you turn around and do another 20 mile loop and it's so hard and like geez we've done how many of these hundred milers like no one else in our triathlon community here did that (laughs) so they're all like bugging out at 56 they're like oh I'm down to 16 I was like really we have three more weeks of hundreds which we (laughs) saw that then because what happened was they tapered too soon all of the things you know um and so that's when yeah so you trust the process and then you get the reward and you're like that's why I had to do eight 100 milers you know yeah give up all my Saturday so that I could have the best Sunday of the entire year yeah yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was, that's what I was, was always tell Bella. Cause I know she was burning the candle at both ends in a major way, you know, with her studies and work and trying to be a teenager and train for the white iron man. And I was like, listen, like, I know you kind of hate me right now, but like, I promise, I just want you to be able to enjoy this day. This is like, this is yeah. like such a huge opportunity and such a big day. And everything we're doing right now is to help you to be able to enjoy that day. And like, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think she then, she did definitely feel the benefits, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, it is a, a process to get there, but also 
if it weren't so much of a process, it wouldn't be nearly as rewarding. That's the thing, yeah. right? Like, yeah. if it was, if the magic bullet did really work, it's like, yeah, you get the result, which is a like cool, but the result is not nearly as like fulfilling if you didn't have to put in the work. So yeah, it's kind of the, like all that work in itself is part of the reward. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. yeah. And just seeing like what your body can do and what you're capable of. And, and it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, this has been super fun. I could talk oh, to you forever. I know. Tell oh So tell people where they can find you. Um, uh, and yeah, your coaching program and, and all of the good stuff. Yes. Um, I am hillary-biscay.com um, or at Hillary P. Biscay on Instagram or Biscay Coaching on Instagram. I should probably have a better answer to that. Like there should be one thing that I direct everyone to. I don't know. I'll, I'll refine that at some point. That's okay. It's all a process. We'll put it in the show notes so everybody can find. But if Thank you've been you. wondering about the magic woman behind the woman who did the Iron Man, those of you that listen and followed me and Bella's journey, um, this is Hillary. So this is the gal. Okay. I got to tell you one more funny story. So Bella and I were on our bikes last week. It was our first ride together or beginning whenever we did our first one back after Kona. And we're both on there. And I, I said, you know, I'm so thankful for Hillary because she's kind of scary. And and Bella's like, I know. And I said, and, but that's good because I, I know if without a coach and a plan, I would never, like, I wouldn't be someone who would just go to the pool ever. Like, but if it's in my plan, like, I don't want to get in trouble. So I said, you know, I'm just thankful because I need that. Um, and Bella's like, oh, I know, you know, me too. And so just thanks for both of us for believing in us and cheering us on. And thanks for taking me on as a client. You know, it's, it's nice to slip into your 25 that you have. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I I love family projects. They're like my fave. They're like husband, wife, mother, daughter. This is my new, which is new to me, but it's so, it's so fun. It's so, so fun. I love working so much. It's fun. Okay. One more question. This is a trivia question. Yes. Where do you think Bella's going to gain the most time on me this in this next block of season? Will it be swim, bike, or run where she'll take off run. most her in run. the run? That's yeah, kind of what I'm thinking. The surface with her run. Yep. And, um, and yeah, I I'm so excited to see what she can do there. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I can't even begin to predict honestly, but yeah. I think that's going to be the big mover this season. Well, I still get to run with her on the easy run. So that's cool. She has to hang out when they're easy. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thanks, Hillary. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in today to this fun episode. Please share it with anyone who's looking at um, just maybe starting their own triathlon journey. I think it could be really inspiring or those people who are thinking about getting into the coaching and consulting world. Um, it's just been really fun to visit with my coach and I really appreciate you all listening. All right. See everyone later. Bye for now. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If there's something that you heard today on the podcast episode and you wanna dig deeper into becoming an inventory genius yourself, I wanna invite you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where I have multiple ways that you and I can work together on your inventory. I wanna help you with your profit, your cash flow, and your paycheck, because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. So head on over to the website, connect with me, I'll work with you soon. See you then. Hey there, friend. So I've already invited you to grab your copy of the Inventory Genius book. 
But if you're ready to go a step further and dive in, if you want a quick start to becoming an inventory genius, then I want to also invite you to grab your seat and the Quick Start to Inventory Genius course. This really easy to digest course is going to include all the tools, spreadsheets, and systems you need to implement the Inventory Genius method immediately in your business. We'll talk about creating an open to buy plan. We'll talk about creating a profit plan. We'll talk about creating a business budget. And then we cap it all off with a private one-on-one -on -one call, you and me. Yep, that's right. The Quick Start to Inventory Genius course includes a one-on-one -on -one coaching call with me. So you can go through the book, you can go through the Quick Start to Inventory Genius course, you can write down your questions, and then you and I can get on the phone and problem solve together. Head on over to sierrastockland.com, grab your seat at the Quick Start to Inventory Genius course. See you there.